don't look like a runner with Nick and John. Yeah, yeah, no, what I'm saying, I'm just trying to get his character. And just, <laughs> Is there a character? Just, Didn't know you had a character. Uh, I've got a character, yeah. Yeah? I'm the front man with well, the stick. In fact, now I know that, I've got notes, mate. <laughs> now I know that this has been a character the whole time. There's some improvements I feel you could make. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. I just made a reference to a film that you didn't get, by the way. So oh, funny. well, there, there's a fucking surprise. There's a surprise. <laughs> that's never happened before. So, um, I want you to tell me about what you've been doing. Well, I've got a Kindle. How do you, uh, you know, if you highlight something on a Kindle... I've never had a Kindle before, so this is part of me. Uh, this is part of a show, right? Uh, if I've if I've highlighted something on a Kindle, how do I then go and see that? Oh, uh, so um, oh, in my Kindle, um, my first, my clicky keyboard Kindle, mm. um, I could actually get a text file with all my highlights in it, mm, interesting, and all my notes, which was amazing. Um, because I had these high hopes that I was going to use it as a work thing to take notes, and it, I did to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Uh, so I think the current ones probably have the same thing, because I don't think the Kindle software has changed that much, although I'm told the typography's got better. It's very not. I tell you what, I'm, I've never been really that bothered or tempted by a Kindle. Right. But I tell you what, this is a nice bit of kit, this is. What, you got a paperweight? Yeah, paperweight, yeah. Um and I'm thinking of because um, I was sent. I, I didn't buy this. I was sent it, and uh, I've decided to use it as an excuse to try and get back into reading a bit because I've gone very audio in the last ten years. Mm. I've just audio, 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 audio books, podcasts, all that sort of stuff. I'm trying to think. Well, let's try and get back into reading. And uh, as an Amazon Prime member, you don't look like a reader. <laughs> I, I certainly don't. Um, <laughs> as an Amazon Prime member, you get like you know, like you get the Prime Video and stuff. You also get Prime books. So there's certain books that you can get. Um, and you can just read them for free as part that's, of your That's not a thing. Yeah. It's not a, that's not a thing. It is. Well, I, I'll tell you what, mate. I've got about 15 books for free, so it is a thing. Well, why aren't I doing that? I don't know. Mug. Absolute mug. You want to go on I that, thought son? I thought that was only in, only in America. It must have just come here because... Um, Bloody hell, they didn't tell me. Yeah, first Harry Potter books on there, so I've got that because I've never read Harry Potter because I'm not eight. There's a book by Michael Lewis, the guy who did Moneyball. Are you so basically? Are you saying that you've, you you're going to read the Harry Potter book now because your reading age has degraded to eight? Uh, no, I, I've got it. Uh, plans to read it to my child. Right. So and then if I like five, li- five then, years, get yourself through it and make sure it's all right for it. Then. Yeah, and then if I like it, I'll uh, maybe I'll read the rest. It's been popular, mate. It's been popular. So I, I think few, I think you might do all right. A few people think it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Miles, not not spoilers, just just advice. Just advice. <laughs> I wouldn't make any decisions based on book one, same as you shouldn't make any decisions based on film one. It's very, very, very exposition heavy. Um, it's do- as you know, as you know, Bob. She she does <laughs> she doesn't uh, build a world subtly and in a sophisticated manner in the style of the first ten minutes of Monsters Inc. Um, you really have to kind of go through it at the same pace as the character to learn all the things and right. everything. Let me Mon- is... Monsters Inc. Right, right. They cl- it's they, an amazing film. They clearly, right. they clearly say in Monsters Inc. There's a clear yeah. section where they say that Sully yeah. and your man, little green man, Billy Crystal. What's his name? Billy Crystal. Yeah. yeah but, but, oh, uh, Mike Wazowski. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. They clearly say that they've been best friends since school. And then yeah. the sequel is them meeting at university. 
Yeah, but Americans call university school, so... Uh, no, no, he, they, they say, like, elementary school. What they, school they, did you go there's, to? There's definitely a... There is definitely a continuity error. There's probably not anymore. They've probably gone back and, and tidied that. <laughs> Re- Retrofitted post. Yeah, post, there's just retconned, retconned that, mate, so that's that, that's fine. So, I heard that you're still upset because the expanded universe of Monsters, Inc. was uh, retconned by the second film as well. But that's a Star Wars <laughs> joke. That's a Star Wars joke. That's a Star Wars joke. Don't worry about that. Move on. Okay, right. So my Kindle, liking it. <laughs> yeah. Very nice experience to read on. Yeah. Um, and I got this book called The Last Englishman. And uh, it's not it's not about Brexit. It's about a guy who walks something called the Pacific Crest Trail. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sounds uh, great. And what this is, so it's a book about a guy who goes on this really long hike. This uh, this trail goes from Mexico, the border of Mexico, all the way up to the border of Canada, to the, right. the kind of length of the United States. Yeah. It's like 2,640 miles. I thought that sounds like an interesting read. And it, um, it is. It is an interesting read. Um, I got through about half a book in one day. So it's, you know, kind of one of those where you, you don't want to, you don't want to put it down. Um, short, short book, big text? No, no, normal size text. It's not. Well, uh, you got a Kindle. You can make it as big as you want, mate. That's true enough. That's true enough. Yeah. I don't think it's a particularly long book. Um, Kindles are killing uh, large print reading sections in libraries. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thanks for derailing that story. Uh, really that's good. all right. That's all right. <laughs> so what? So here's. So I'm going to give you a, a review based on half the book. Okay. Okay, and do I get the second part of the review next week? Or um, I'm not suspecting that this is going to change when I finish the book. Okay. Okay. Uh, the subject matter is mm-hmm. fascinating. Cool. The author, not so great. He is he, is he problematic or is he well, just um, boring? He okay. Um, I don't want to. I mean, he's called his book the Last Englishman. I'm guessing he's a bit Brexit. I don't want to bag on this guy too much because he's done stuff and he's written stuff and in you know i think this is one of these self-published amazon ones i don't think this is right. like you know so so you can't necessarily expect it to be the you know it, it's very clear to me this has not gone through an editing publisher process that rigorously right. um right. it's not there's not like misspelling or anything or anything like that it's just that he writes himself this is autobiographical right he right. writes himself as a complete arsehole. Right. So, like, I'm reading his book, and he writes a recounting of something he's said, or a conversation he's had, and I'm like, well, you sound like a complete dick. Right. And I don't think he's done that on purpose, because I think he's trying to sound cool. So I'm going to read you a a bit, right? And you let me know what you're thinking, okay? So just imagine, you know, you're out there. I felt guilty about being off trial, so I decided to move out the following day. I visited the Alabama cafe for one last breakfast. The place was buzzing as usual, and a guy stopped by my table. You doing the PCT? PCT standing there for Pacific Crest Trail. You doing the PCT? He asked, looking me up and down and scratching his stubble. Yes, I am, I said, swallowing my last mouthful. Well, God will be with you. Feeling a bit belligerent, possibly because of the heat, I replied, actually, bearing in mind I don't believe in God, and with due respect, I don't think he will be. It's all right, mate. That, that fella's just sort of giving you a bit of a, bit of a boost. What an arsehole. Isn't it? What an arsehole. It's like, I'm an atheist, but I'm not going to be a fucking dick to someone just because they wished me luck on this fucking massive walk I'm doing because I feel like I'm fucking better than him. 
Oh my god! And then he says <clears throat> he, he he momentarily looked flummoxed. How can you say that? Yeah, because the guy was a prick. <laughs> yeah. How can you say that? He retorted. I find that offensive. <clears throat> Actually, I said, I find the fact that you think God can help me offensive, bearing in mind I don't believe he even exists. However, thank you for your support. Fucking arsehole. Blimey. So, there's that problem. With the book. I couldn't read that, mate. Well, it's not... The, the problem with the book is, it's not a one-off, but they are sporadic, these little moments where he does does things. And, uh, See, I don't think... I, I think the guy doesn't think he's... I, I think the guy thinks what he's just done there is great. Yeah, right. So this is the this is the major major problem of the book. This guy thinks he's a much better author than he actually is. He, oh no, not the right. No, I think I think he thinks. Oh no, yeah, telling, he, yeah, he telling a human being who was trying to engage with him in an like an empathetic way and and encourage him uh, to reach new heights and reach for his goals and stuff like that. He thinks that putting that guy down makes him a big man. Mate, he thinks he is the fucking shit. He loves himself, right? He he definitely thinks he sounds cool in that exchange. And he also, he thinks he's a better author than he is because he go, breaks off into these things where he goes to like, he'll go off into kind of like um, trying to be really um, descriptive and colourful with his language and stuff. Right. Yes, he's like trying to be really descriptive of language and like paint, you know, like paint pictures with words and stuff. And I haven't actually got an example, annoyingly. Um, But you can just tell it's like a, you know, like the classic gear shift uh, key change in a song, like a Bon Jovi tune. It's like that because most of the book is just pure kind of description of things that happened, like a journal, like a diary. And that's where it's at its best because it's describing the scenery, it's describing the people around him and all this sort of stuff. And then suddenly he gets off his boy's own stools and walks to the front of the stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, dude, that didn't really work. Um, but he obviously thinks it's amazing. He's got like, a, there's like another bit where, because um, <laughs> the whole point of this is it's called a through hike. So you can hike sections of this trail Yeah. Like on the day. Like on, a, on a, me and you could turn up for a day, do it for a day. And then, you know, like you would do with a normal hike. But a through hike is you do the whole thing in one go. Right. And so you've got the through hikers who are mixing with the day hikers. And he, okay. he tells this other story where he, they're sort of, it's quite early on, they're starting off, and he, they, get, they um, walk past a, uh, sorry, a couple of day hikers. You know, the through hikers are sitting down together, hmm. having a cup of tea or something, and these day hikers walk past, and they say, um, he describes them as uh, walking up with their beer bellies. And he goes, right. and they go, oh, uh, they say something like, oh, you know... Um, that must be really difficult, uh, you know, because you're carrying all the extra weight or something. Just like a little jokey kind of like uh, interchange, little, uh, hmm. you know, you, that must be most difficult with all that extra weight carrying all that food. And then he goes, yeah, but in about 10 minutes later, we passed them as they were wheezing on the side of the road. And I said, yeah, but it's easier if you're fit. I was like, oh, you're such God. a prick. Oh. I'd, t- I'd totally planned to not bag on this guy too much because I am... Oh. Because the thing is, I am genuinely enjoying the book because it is genuinely like an interesting subject matter. But I just wish someone else was writing it. I really do. It's just someone who wasn't a really terrible individual. I know, yeah. It's it's and it's. I'm glad you haven't paid any money for this because I don't want this man to do well. No, well, I was going to buy this for my mate because I think he'd get a real kick out of it because we go hiking together. But. Um, I now don't want to buy because I don't want to give him any but, money. I heard you guys were day hikers. Mm. And we both got beer bellies. 
Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mind you, wheezing in the uh, in the gutter, and you'll ask him to sign your Kindle. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Kindle. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna. If anyone's got any good recommendations, I'm I'm into the kind of outdoorsy books and kind of. Um, I've had a Bill Bryson Walk in the Woods has been recommended to me, which yeah, is Bill Bryson's really good. Yeah, well, I I think this guy thinks he's Bill Bryson because Bill Bryson did a book called Walk in the Woods, which is another trail in America called the um, Appalachian Trail, which Appalachian, is on the yeah, I've read it. yeah the other side of the mm. country. Um, so that sounds like the book I should probably be reading. So I might just cut this one off and crack on with that one. The, I've not read all the Bill Brysons. The ones, the ones that I that really, really stuck with me were Notes from a Small Island, which is about um, him being an American and hiking around England, well Britain, but um, more England than anything else, I, I think. Um, so that's really, really good. And then there's one. I think it's called The Lost Continent. I'm looking at my bookcase, and there is one called The Lost Continent. There, I think that's the one. When he goes home after becoming like a naturalised Englishman. Mm. And then he tries to, he essentially has the same process that he had when he first arrived in England, but in his own country, mm. um, which is pretty cool. I'll, I'll work out which book it is and I'll put it in the show notes later on. Um, that's really, really good. But Life and Times of the Thunderbolt Kid about him growing up in like the middle of nowhere in America is just awesome. It's really, really, really good. Um, it's like Back to the Future sort of era, uh, but he's him writing about himself as like an eight year old kid. Really nice, really lo- really lovely book. Sweet. We should find some books about running. Um, well, I've, I've, I've picked up, a, a, in this little Kindle splurge, I've picked up a few different ones, so maybe we'll talk about them in future weeks. I've got a, one about bikes, a bit biking and bike routes and stuff as well, so... Cool. Could be some mileage in that, no pun intended. Oh, mate, oh, I can't believe you went there. I'm reading a book at the moment that you would uh, quite like, but I can't remember the name of it, so I'm oh, going to... Oh, great story. <laughs> I'm going to come back onto this in just two seconds. Uh, uh, you, should, you want to take that to the library? Just be like, <laughs> I can't take it out, but can't remember the name of it. Oh shit! Um, so Kindles, yeah. yeah. Well, other than reading, do you want to know what I also been doing this week? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do you want to know about the training this week? I wasn't really expected to talk about reading at all, so that's been nice. No, a little bonus book book podcast at the start of the podcast. Um, well, I hear they're, they're I hear they're all the rage, mate. They're probably uh, much better for uh, for the blue aprons than they are the, for for this nonsense that we're doing. So one one we'll pivot, day we'll pivot. One day, mate, you'll get that blue apron sponsor. Let us know if you preferred then, a book podcast or if you preferred a tech podcast. I feel I feel like um, if you, if we got blue aprons as a sponsor, you'd actually end up talking about them less. So oh, yeah, <laughs> they'd be wasting their money, really. Oh no, no, they would. They would totally. <laughs> also, I don't think they actually operate in the UK. So no, I'm not, but no, apart from that, food. Hello Fresh, I think, is the UK equivalent. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So this week, do you want to know what we're doing this week? I do. Yeah. Um. So I've still been working on the stuff I was doing with my personal trainer, and mm-hmm. uh, actually saw him again and got um, a, re- a refresh. So I started off with a fairly limited um, set of kettlebell moves, um, but I really enjoyed the kettlebell. So I booked a session with him and was like. Kill my that's exact phrasing was kill me with kettlebells. Just give me so much stuff, uh, and he did. So I've gone away with about fifth, a, a routine that now incorporates about fifteen different exercises of about twenty right. reps on each. Um, you know, some some bit more, some less. But he wants me to do that twice through now, so that's pretty good. Um, but I thought I'd just 
there's a couple of things, a couple of notes kind of on my week of training and weight loss. So first things to say is I have lost a bit of weight. So my, okay. my, the scientists from week one, they were right. <laughs> scientists, they, they were, were right. They were right. But, um, Damn those scientists. Well, you know, it's a sample of one, mate. I'm still... Yeah, well, so I've managed to cut... Well, I, I'll come to what, what I think really has been the motivator for this, but I've managed to cut through my plateau finally and get down to a lower weight than I was kind of hitting this buffer before, which is good. Um, I suspect somewhat, though, hand in hand with the change of training, which is mm. definitely helpful is um, I think when you ch- kind of change training, you do refocus on all the other aspects you're working towards. So right. by changing training, I've refocused my eating, I think, is, is probably a big thing. Right. Um, however, I also have noticed this change of training is actually having a pretty significant kind of effect on my body shape. Uh, for want of a better phrase, my love handles are starting to reduce, which has always been a problem area for me. So I think because I'm doing a lot, a lot of core work in this, in these routines for the last few weeks, I think that's actually had a really good effect on that kind of problematic area. Um, so yeah, it's a good results all round, really. Um, but yeah, I've got. So have you? Um, so so you just mentioned sort of weight loss and. Um, and love handles so um are, are those goals have you got goals well the love handle there's not a goal around the love handles other than them to disappear right. um well that's, that, that's what i'm saying that's you're not you're not just kind of doing this from some from some point of view of no uh, well oh yeah that's the thing people do so my, my it's my best mate's wedding in five weeks um okay i'm best man and when he told me he was engaged and kind of gave me the date it was about two years ago um mm. And I didn't really have a good grasp of what I weighed at that point, um, but I sort of mentally made a, a note that I wanted to get. I was, I knew I was heavy, and I was like, I want to get to sixteen stone by that point. Um, and I probably only really started my current kind of like, you know, I I I've dipped in and out of weight loss and training and stuff, and my current thrust has lasted about. It was May, May last year, so it was just over a year, um, right. and I was nineteen stone seven ten something like I can't quite remember nine nineteen and a half stone probably when I kind of right. like decided to go on this for us. I'm now down to sixteen five. Okay, now that's, so that's a huge drop, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the lowest I'd been before in my various ups and downs, because when I, so just for some context, when I was 18, I was like 23 yeah. stone. So as an adult, this is the the least I've ever weighed. Right. Um, and I lost quite a bit when I was around sort of 18, 19, and was sort of in the 18 to 9, 18 sort of stone area for a long time. And I'd, I'd constantly be yo-yoing around that, you know. Right. Sometimes a little bit less, sometimes... <laughs> A lot more, you know. Uh, so this has been quite a significant step forward for me in this kind of very, very, very long-term journey that I've kind of been on that's not been a straight line at all. Um, so, yeah, so I'm kind of now at 16.5, and I've got five weeks really to lose five pounds to hit that target. But I don't think that's going to be my long-term target. I've, it's sort of that thing where I had to pick a number that's had represented a significant loss but obviously i didn't know what it was like to be that i don't know i didn't know at the time what i would feel and look like at that weight because i've never been right. that weight as an adult so 
Um, I picked that number because it represented like free stone loss pretty much. So um, I'd like to hit that and then I'm going to reevaluate. But I think I could still, where, where I'm now, I could probably uh, still lose a stone, stone and a half, um, you know, without, without killing myself. Um, but I think it's a, I, I felt a quite a significant mental change in the last year, kind of being this sort I don't feel fat anymore. I don't feel like I'm a fat person anymore, um, which I did for a long, long time. Uh, I'm sort of like in that stage where I can buy clothes anywhere. Um, right. So, yeah, so that's, you know, five pounds. I suppose because you're quite tall as well, that's probably a double a double problem in terms of getting clothes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a classic big person. So, like, I'm tall, quite broad. Um, yeah. I've got big legs, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm not, I'm not a fat, I'm not a fat 16 stone. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty, feeling pretty good. Um, so here's, I, a, here's, a, here's a weird and possibly sort of con- controversial statement for you really, which is that I've known you for 10 years, um, more or less, yeah. nine years. Yeah. What, uh, 2008? So, yeah, nine years, yeah? Yeah. Um, I've never looked at you and thought, oh, there's a fat lad. No, but have you ever seen a photo of me from when I was 18? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, I know you were, I know you were, I know you were bigger. Yeah, um, but, so, but, but, you... but also in the period where I've known you, you've always kind of like identified as a, as quote unquote, your word, a, a fatty, and I've always kind of thought, <laughs> oh, we could all lose a few pounds, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, how, yeah. But how much are you kind of carrying a memory of, of it? No, it's, how yeah, much yeah, of yeah, it it's a problem. Not that I want to tell you to, you know, st- cut it down, stop losing weight, mate. No, no, tell uh, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is, is that, is that like, you know, um, I don't, I don't look at you and go, oh, it's my fat mate, Nick. Hey, it's no, fat no, Nick. No. All right, fat Nick. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, that's not, that's not who you are to, to, to me, but I have to recognise that that's how you've always identified with yourself. Yeah, well, I understand, I understand now with better perspective how much of that, is um to do with what i was like when i was younger but those are those are formative years aren't they yeah. do you know what I mean those are formative experiences and mm. it's very hard to lose those uh and even now like on occasion you know um that you, you'll still struggle uh, like genuinely the, the biggest like i think the biggest thing for me mentally is um that's changed is that i now buy predominantly um like t-shirts hoodies and stuff that are a large rather than an extra large yeah. like the fact that, that that x is no longer on there is like okay x is for fat people so if you're not having to buy the x and i, and I don't i don't do you know what I mean like i'm not saying that about anyone else like i'm not casting dispersion on anyone else you know i i wish i was one of those people who was just chill with themselves but like for mm. me mentally i think that's made a big difference Right. Um, I still have to buy XL in certain things, but like I can, whereas before I'd be like, oh my God, like now it's like, okay, well, some things have different cuts and you just have to deal with yeah. that, you know? So, um, yeah, for me, it's been a huge mental change uh, as well as a reasonably significant physical change. But I feel like there's probably ways to go on both sides, really. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've, it's been as a, a, as a corollary to, sort of you know to relate it to what I've just said really is that actually when I was looking, um, I was looking for a, a photograph of you for the podcast artwork, 
and and actually like stalking you back through your Facebook over the past couple of years, yeah, you clearly shifted a lot of timber. Um, so even though I didn't think of you in those, those was actually if I compare that, I go oh, bloody hell, you've you your journey has been quite accelerated over the past year or two, and you can definitely you can definitely see that. Yeah, there's been a big like I I, I recognise this last eighteen months as a fairly significant um, period of moving in that right direction uh, mm. whereas before i'd have like three to six month bursts and then fall off the wagon a bit right. um this this time around it's been more of a that classic kind of change for life thing right. uh so it's, it's been a, a much more consistent and significant um burst and i was sort of inspired really by a friend of mine who was sort of always similar size to me who uh lost quite a lot of weight and he'd when I spoke to him, he just kept things super simple. He just counted calories. And he right. didn't... He also... The other thing as well, he counted calories, but he also didn't worry... Um, like, if he ate fresh vegetables and fruit, yeah, he just didn't count them. He didn't bother. Right. It, it's like, if it, come from, it came from a packet, if it was processed in any way, he counted it. If it was a carbohydrate in any way, he counted it. But right. if you have, like... You know, if you use some tomatoes or something then he just didn't bother. And that that was an absolute key for me because laziness is my enemy. So yeah. thinking, oh, fucking hell, I've got to, what, I'm going to chop some mushrooms into this chilli. I've got to count, I've got to wave the mushrooms and for the sake of 30 calories, fuck that. Like that's, that's the thing that's always put me off calorie counting. But when it was like, actually, you're just going to count the things that essentially have calories printed on the back of them and or things that you know are high like potatoes or or starchy stuff whatever Hmm. and taking that whole thing off the table was was a massive kind of key for me to getting into kind of consistently calorie counting which i've gone off you know the last few months have been a bit rubbish but like that kind of goes back to saying about changing up my training refocusing myself that's really helped me refocus back on the, the calorie counting interesting so i've got um something I've been thinking while you've been talking, which is to kind of, kind of bring us back on brand for a second. How how important has has tech been in that journey? Like, would you do you think you'd be making the same gains if you weren't wearing a Fitbit? Because you've been wearing a Fitbit for like eighteen months, two years. Would you be making those gains if you didn't have gamified life insurance and all those other things that I know you've got? Um, are those are those drivers to change, or are they just little sprinkles on top? The Fitbit, not so much. Right. The, the gamified life insurance, not so much, um, because <laughs> as a, as a, with, with, a, with a hacker's spirit, um, yeah. if I wanted to, I could get those. I could beat that game without moving, um, right. because there's ways around certain things. I don't because I try and kind of. You know, but but that's not been so much of a drive. I tell you what has been though is um, my fitness pal counting those calories, tracking the calories, right. having the ability to look up if you go out for a meal, look up a meal, and my, what my method tends to be is you search for like whatever you've just eaten, and you kind of like mentally take a quick range of what the calorie what calories people people have put in for it, and then either put like a mean average in or like the median. So if like there's 10 that say 300 calories and one that says 100 calories it's probably going to be more close to 300 calories you know what i mean right um so that 
easing that side of it. Because working out, doing exercise has never been a problem for me. Well, since I was since I was 18 and I decided to sort my life out, mm. that side of it I've always loved. You know, sometimes I find it difficult to get out of bed and go to the gym or go for a run or whatever, and I'd rather sit at home and have a beer. But, like, fundamentally, the actual act I've always enjoyed and I've never found it hard to do that. The bit I've always mm. found hard is keeping on top of tracking eating and making sure I'm not eating too much, too much, basically, all the wrong things. So... That's where tech has helped me in that very quick MyFitnessPal thing uh, where you can scan a barcode or quickly look something up or just add some mm. calories quickly. I need, like, no resistance in that at all. That's what I mean about weighing stuff. Like, if I have to weigh something, that's a, that's a level of resistance that will eventually, if I have to do it all the time, cause me problems, which is why not having to worry about weighing mushrooms is a, is a godsend. So, in a lot of ways, it sounds like you'd be a great customer for uh, Blue Apron. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what I've considered, seriously. What's that? And I've genuinely considered this, and you'll, you'll piss yourself. But I've, cons- yeah. I've considered... I'm ready. I've considered a Huel. Have you seen that? A Huel? What's that? That, that um, basically synthetic food. The drink oh. thing. Oh, God, like Soylent? Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why I've, con- tell you why I've considered it. Because I'm like, well, if I replace my entire diet with that, then I don't need to worry about counting calories because I just eat the thing that is an exact amount of calories and I just don't have to ever worry about it. But I, like, no. no oh, no, no. no yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Obviously, I'm not going to no. do it because it's, it's bonkers, but, you know. I was going to say, like, I know you. You, you. you enjoy food and beer and I'm not saying that in a kind of like oh yeah he loves his food what I mean is like you, you have opinions about your food you have opinions about your beer you have a, you have a palate so that sort of stuff would be horrible for you yeah no terrible I mean, and that's you know and that's why the calorie counting thing is good for me because it means I can just continue to enjoy things and just note them track them you know it's not yeah, a, yeah. I'm not cutting anything out I'm not being like oh I'm not going to eat any x y and z no I wouldn't see. I, I'm kind of the opposite on that. I I wouldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I'd. I'd. Nah, counting calories wouldn't be wouldn't be for me. I'm, I've got a kind of a general awareness of what I should and shouldn't be eating, and I just try and keep it on the straight and narrow. Um, probably like money back in the day would probably be the thing that would would have kept me out of eating too much junk. Because mm. I'd I'd always be a bit tight, and I'd be like, well, well, you know. This uh, this invoice I put out hasn't been paid yet, so um, I better you know make something out of some chickpeas um, rather than <laughs> rather than going down the chippy. So that you know that was always good, and then kind of like you know um, having someone who I live with um, and who I'm now married to that that's helpful as well because then you kind of actually having conversations about your food with people, and then obviously having kids as well, you massively worried about what's going into everyone. So I've just kind of kept it light touch i'm probably a bit like your your mate really i'm kind of like yeah let's eat some fruit let's eat some veg doesn't matter um well no no you, you, i think he no he he calorie counted like that was a big thing for me yeah him saying i calorie count but he just doesn't worry about you know counting things that are ostensibly healthy mm. um but i think what you're saying is like for most people Mm. that's that approach is is fine just roughly knowing what's good for you and what's bad for you and stuff in terms of me, um, 
I've kind of realised, and I think if there's a few, probably quite a few people like this, and they maybe don't realise it, and that's where they have problems. And I've probably mm. taken me to this point to realise it is that uh, I can't afford any slip-ups. My body will not allow for a hundred calories over. You know the thing like if you take in less ca- taking less calories than you burn, you lose weight. Like if you look at what my calorie burn is based on Fitbits and all that sort of stuff, hmm. I'm probably consistently eating five hundred to a thousand calories less than I burn according to the data, and yet still I will struggle to lose weight. And and that's when I'm really tracking and stuff. And I just think my metabolism people have different metabolisms and i went years trying to deny that and just thinking oh i can get away with this and get away with that and i've just come to or you know or i can work this off that's the big thing is like oh well if i go for a run i can have something bad and go over my calories for me it doesn't matter how much exercise i do if i go over essentially 1700 calories a day at any point i just won't lose weight it's just it's just a it's just a thing that I have to, to deal with, really. But it took a long time for me to accept that because you don't want that to be true. You yeah. want you want to be able to have a cheat day or whatever or a cheat, you know, a couple of bad weeks and not put half a stone on. But if I have a bad week, I'd put I'd put three, four pounds on easily. Like, Good. no, no doubt about it. So it's a lot about self-awareness, really, as well as being aware of as long as as well as general like you're talking about general awareness around food like yeah it's about self-awareness about your own body and it comes with a lot of trial and error and a lot of experience and i envy the people who don't have to worry about it because it is fucking exhausting thinking about it all the time it really is so when we go out drinking how does that work um i know we buy the drinks we drink the drinks but what, what then happens with all the calories where are they going it's not great i can't do it too much like if uh, I, I tend to find like um, a one-off session is not too bad, but if I go right. through a period of where like you know if barbecue season's the worst, when you're having like three or four beers a few nights a week, mm. that's like pretty bad. But essentially they're just calories. It's like you just count them like any other calories. I don't think there's anything special about alcohol in that sense for me anyway in terms of my my goals I don't feel like it affects me too much sometimes it's quite good to weigh yourself after a big session because you're so dehydrated (laughs) but uh, but aside from that no it's not too not too different it's uh, been a good therapy session Nick yeah man uh, it's good good. (laughs) you've got to go soon so I want to know we didn't even get into half the stuff I want to talk about my my PT session we'll do that next week but what what have you been doing oh you've got more no you've got more more PT go for it no 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 I will come to it next week you'll be fine it's cool. Okay. That's, that was a nice. That's a nice. I'm. I'm. I think we've covered me quite you, you quite feel, substantially. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We've we've exercised some demons there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you don't look like a runner with Nick. Yeah. Well, you think you don't look a swimmer, John. But apparently, you went swimming this week. I did. I did, and I certainly don't look like a swimmer. Um, <sighs> swimming is hard, mate. Yeah. Swimming is hard. It's tough work. So I had my. Um, I've had this sort of mid-program taper week this week, or um, this week just gone. Which is nice after the after the big run the week before, um, I haven't had to run further than ten uh, k. Um, still had my sort of six days on, one day off going going on. So, um, all quite short runs, 
but I decided that I would take the cross training as swimming because everyone keeps on going, oh, oh, why aren't you swimming? You should try swimming for your cross training. Supposed to do an hour, managed about 20 minutes. Um, thought I should probably leave before I was sick in the pool. Um, and and that's, not, that's not a joke. I was like, yeah, actually, I think I've swallowed something no. and I think it wants to come up and um, I think I should go. How long, um, sorry, how long do you do? 20 minutes? 20 minutes, yeah. yeah. So how, how far? How many lengths? 24 lengths of that pool. Is everyone at the back of the university? Yeah, at the back of the university. So I think that's a 15 metre. So I didn't swim very far. No. <laughs> no. But have you been back no. since? No, no, I'll go on Friday. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to go a bit longer. I mean, I, I was slightly against it for time as well. By the time I'd cleared a, a few things off of my desk and... Um, I couldn't get like a solid hour's lunch break in the middle of the day. So I was kind of trying to fit it in right at the end. Um, so I had that going on as well. I, I, there were a lot of lot of rookie errors I made. Um, I wear glasses, as you know, didn't have contact lenses on. So I um, was basically working out the location by feel. Uh, <laughs> That's no good. Uh, I had to take my laptop with me because I was going to go straight away. So I didn't want to... And you'd explain to me there's some... Uh, situation with there being little changing booths all the way down. It's a lovely Victorian, mm. Edwardian... Lovely pool. place to swim. Yeah, beautiful, I think. Um, I got the vibe that it was beautiful, and I've seen pictures on the internet. But uh, where I was there, it was just a kind of a red brick blur. Um, but uh, there's, there, there is this opportunity for you to leave your kit down the side. I thought, actually, I've got a laptop in my bag. I should lock that away. I think now, having uh, investigated those side rooms, I think I could leave my laptop there. Yeah, it is fine. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It, it is. But essentially, that meant that I was a, a good 20 metres away without my glasses, trying to just trying to find the, the swimming pool at the start, and then trying to work out which one of the people near the side of the pool was the lifeguard who I could give my ticket to. And he was a bit like, you are right, mate? I was like, yeah, mate, I can't see. He's like, oh, are you blind? No, I just haven't got my glasses on. It's fine. <laughs> But, but, you well, need to make special for, for, for intents and purposes yes i am well yeah know. okay for a given yeah for a given thing of of of, of that but uh I don't, I don't really feel i can put up any disability flags mate that's just no. me not using my my sight aids what um, uh what stroke were you doing okay so so that was interesting he sort of said to me we've got three lanes there's a, a slow a medium and a fast and i was like well i'll start with the slow that's a mistake yeah it's too um, slow yeah yeah and and medium as well I struggled a bit because although I haven't swum for a long time, I did swimming club a lot as a kid. So I've got a reasonable technique on me. Mm. So even if I'm not pushing it, my strokes are, are going to be taking me along quite, uh, quite a clip. Um, and so I, I had to wait until people were like a good three quarters of length ahead of me before I set off. Um, Cause otherwise I was going to be catching their heels. Mm. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't very, very, very busy, but I didn't, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the guy who goes in the fast lane on his first time either. Yeah, I found it tricky once I got into when I was doing when I was swimming. I got found it quite tricky because once I got into it and I got a good technique going, and I was you know like you know peak, peak training. Hmm. Um, I was basically straddling what you would consider the medium and fast. So yeah, it's like um, kind of kind of just constantly having to negotiate around um, around people or let them pass to you if you're going to a fast way. It's just, it's just a bit a bit tricky when you're kind of in that middle zone but the problem with the medium lane is obviously medium covers quite a lot of ranges it's like people well, aren't quite fast enough for the, for the fast and people yeah. aren't slow enough for the slow so 
It is, it is a bit tricky. There's a whole lot of bell curve in there, mate. There's a whole lot of bell curve in there. So I'll ask you again, what stroke were you doing? So I did some breaststroke and I did some uh, front crawl. Okay. Um, um, I, I, I do like a bit of backstroke, but I wasn't going to go doing that in there because um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see and there were people around me and I got caught on the ropes a couple of times uh, just doing my, my front crawl because I couldn't really see where I was. So mm. um, I should get some goggles and take some contact lenses in. That'd, That'd be a good idea, big, wouldn't it? That'd be a good, That'd be a good thing. Yeah, good, good thing. Uh, I mean, I'm not that, I'm not, my eyesight's not that bad, but I couldn't see a thing. <laughs> So, um, when I go swimming with the kids, I kind of like I've got an old pair of glasses and I'll wear those if I'm just, just like splash play or something like that because it's easier, or I'll risk a pair of contact lenses and take spare ones with me. So my, um, problem, my problem with when if, if I ever forget goggles or swimming without yeah. goggles is that it's such a distraction, it messes my breathing up because I, I like having goggles or not, not having goggles. So, because I want to swim with goggles because right. that's what I would normally do, like. Right not having them is a distraction and annoying. And because I'm... Right. So, so you're trying to think about, oh, where the fuck am I, blah, blah, blah. You're then not concentrating, you're breathing, and your breathing so, goes out of whack, and it's just everything else just follows follows on. So this is like this is like when you open your kit bag and realise you haven't got any headphones and you're about to go for a run. Yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. like, oh, I can't go for a run, I haven't got any headphones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's your thing. But what, things I liked about swimming... Um, is uh, I hadn't really appreciated how close the pool was to my desk. It's like it's four, four yeah. minutes and I'm in the swimming pool. So that's that's incredible. So if I was going to do a 30, 40 minute swim, that's doable on a lunch break. Um, so that that could that could be quite good. Um, I didn't feel too many aches and pains afterwards, so that was good, even though it was using muscle groups that I hadn't done, but then maybe I wasn't pushing myself hard enough. Mm. Um, I think my... Uh, when I... When I had more energy, my strokes were still there, so that was quite good. Probably I swallowed where I said I swallowed some water was doing the breaststroke actually, just because um, not having my goggles for breaststrokes a little bit, a little bit harder because of the dipping in and out. Mm. Um, so I think I was kind of like, I I tried doing a length with my head up all the time. I was yeah. like, no, this is this isn't working. I'm just I'm just dragging water into my face. Yeah. So um, kind of like move on from that. But yeah, no. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on on with that, and my my watch managed to record it for cardio, which was good. That's what I was gonna say. Are you gonna try and track this with some tech? Yeah, my my watch doesn't. Um, so the the couple of upstream from me uh, Garmin's do have uh, proper swim modes, but um, I I tracked twenty minutes of cardio and one hundred and sixty calories burnt. Um, heart rate zone one point nine. I don't think the heart rate works in the pool to be honest mm. um it came it tried to come up with a distance which is interesting and a speed uh, and it somehow translated all that into steps so i'm not quite sure what that means in the grand scheme of things 0.82 miles does that sound like 24 lengths mm. sounds a bit high yeah i thought it was probably a bit high i thought it was probably a bit high but you know it's um it's a start anyway, at least. At least I, I can make adjustments for it when I'm looking looking at my stuff. But yeah, I mean, you, you have to spend quite a lot of money on a watch that will actually track swimming accurately. Um, I think I think you need to wear a heart rate band to do heart rate recording. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously these kind of like little disco light watches that we've we've all got, that's that's just going to go to absolute pot 
once it's in the swimming pool. Yeah. But I think the thing you, you need to do is just like use what you've got and then take a benchmark off it, you know. Back in the day, you'd have a waterproof Casio and you... That's, that is what I used, in fact. Well, yeah, you turned on the stopwatch, re- wouldn't you? When, when I swam hands. recently, yeah, that's what I did. Just did yeah. swap, swap watch and lengths because that's what you need to know, isn't it? And trap myself against that. Yeah. You, have you considered, because I considered this, have you considered yeah. waterproof Bluetooth headphones? Wow. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Mm. But then, what, be, would, you put, I would think, you put your phone by the? Would you put your phone well, outside the pool? I think you'd be fine if you had. If you're in the side changing room, I think your Bluetooth would cover that. But I'm, I'm interested, John. I want you to get them, and I want you to review them on the podcast. I'm very intrigued. Back in the day when we both lived in Erdington, I used to use Erdington baths from time to time. Um, as did you, I believe. Um, nah, not really. I think I went once. Uh, it was horrible. It was all right. Well, I think what's sad about Erdington Baths is obviously they're about to tear it down because it had gone to absolute wreck. But when you see Woodcock, the one at Aston, and when you see what they're doing down at um, one of the ones down in South Birmingham, I don't know what it is, and you just think, well, actually, all somebody needed to do is just take a little bit of care, put a little bit of money into those buildings, and you can have these really, really lovely Victorian swimming pools still. Oh, no, I didn't mean that the building was horrible. What I meant it was, was the, the, the it time was The time that I went, um, there were showers on the side, and there was an old man just, like, washing his dick at the side of a pool. That was I quite... didn't see that because I didn't have my glasses on, so... <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like a runner with Nick and John. I, I must admit, when when I when, when we did that story, I was thinking to myself, I've got a really good follow up story, but that's a really good cut point. So I don't know if I want to say it. Yeah, I just the same, you know what you know you know what my follow up story is, though, don't you? Do I? Yeah, you must do. Josh, Josh had swimming classes there before we moved. He used to, he used to go there for, for his swimming class. And um, somebody in one of the swimming classes, there were many, had a shit <laughs> <laughs> during the swimming classes. Where? And um, they blew a whistle and they got all the kids out onto the side. <laughs> and uh, someone, the youngest member of staff, came in with a net scooped out the shit right mm. went and put it somewhere I don't know I don't know if they had a special bag for it went and put it somewhere then uh, a, a slightly more grown up one uh, sprinkled some chlorine where the, where the shit had been floating last and they went it's fine everyone get back in oh wow so that's how you that's how you clean a swimming pool <laughs> you, you, you get the the little cordon around it and you go it was about there it's about a one and a half handful shit, that one is. Let's put one and a half handfuls of pure chlorine into that space. Jesus I don't think the scientists would endorse that method. No. No. 